Hey everyone, welcome to Valley Naval Gazing on 103.5 FM out of the city of New Haven. You can also hear us at valleyindy.org, newhavenindependent.org, Libsyn, SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and if I didn't mention, I'll just say it again, valleyindy.org. My name again is Eugene Driscoll. I'm here with Ethan Fry, my constant co-host. Hello. We're recording this episode Wednesday, February 15th at our office in Ansonia. Today we're joined by our very special guests, Ansonia School Superintendent Carol Malone, Assistant Superintendent Mike Wilson, and Business Manager Frank Connolly. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for having us. And we're going to be talking about, as far as I know, the Ansonia School Budget. And with that, as the editor, I'll just get to sit back and be the audio engineer, and Ethan Fry will uh, talk to the school officials about this year's budget. So with that, I'll turn it over to you, Ethan Fry. Okay, thanks. And uh, just by way of introduction, uh, thank you again, guys, so much for coming in. Um, over the next couple of months, the city's tax board and then the Board of Aldermen will be working on putting together a budget that will set funding for all of the city's departments next year and also the property tax rate for residents. Uh, it's always a challenging time, especially when it comes to providing enough funding for the city's schools. For one, uh, Ansonia is a distressed community in which the students who attend its public schools have disproportionately higher poverty rates compared to their peers in surrounding communities. Uh, and officials have also said for years that the city doesn't get enough funding to comply with state and federal mandates uh, from the state and federal government, uh, which puts even more pressure on uh, local uh, funding sources. Um, so just by way, just to start off, I guess, um, you know, as we were preparing for this, I, uh, I thought back to last year's budget process, which was, I think, sort of tumultuous by any description. Um, but without, you know, getting into, you know, the blow by blow of it, it's it would seem that, you know, I know we're early in it, but it would seem that, you know, it's a, people are a little more optimistic this year. Is that a, a fair reading of it? Or, or how would you, what's your attitude at this point uh, in the process? Again, obviously it's early. And I guess we could start with the superintendent or. Well, we missed you last night at the board of um, aldermen's meeting because mm -hmm. the board, uh, the board of ed came to an agreement with the city to have the state reimbursement um, for, for the high cost special education students be returned directly to the Board of Ed. This this was a huge step. And, and, and what is that uh, reimbursement for, for the people who aren't familiar with that uh, sort of going into it, I guess? And the, the great thing about missing your meeting last night is that you have unfiltered access <laughs> to the public and to Ethan right here and now. That's our ECS um, money that's returned for special education. And I can turn that over to Frank our um, interim business manager who can really um, expand upon that? The um, state of Connecticut has a uh, reimbursement program called the excess cost reimbursement so that when a local board of education incurs high costs for a single special education student, uh, the state reimburses the board of education. And when you get into special ed, I mean, we see figures 100000 $150,000, $200,000 for one single student. So the state provides for an excess cost reimbursement so that when costs reach a certain level, uh, and in, in, in Sonia's case, approximately $60,000, and the state says anything above that, we will reimburse you for the excess cost expenses you have incurred. Uh, traditionally, uh, in Ansonia, and it varies by city and town, 
Um, the, the city, uh, uh, the practice here has been that the, the, city, the money has gone directly to the city um, and counted as a city revenue. And so um, the Board of Ed uh, has looked at this carefully this past year, and um, uh, we've had um, several meetings on it, and we came to an agreement that was voted unanimously last night by the uh, Board of Aldermen and the Board of Education that when these revenues are received, these reimbursement revenues are received uh, for these high-cost students, that these grants will be turned directly over to the Board of Education. That will be a tremendous help going forward because what has happened is the Board of Education has been incurring uh, these expenses for the high-cost students, and then the reimbursement revenue has been going to the city and counted as city revenue. So there was several discussions between the both policy boards on this issue, and uh, we came to an agreement last night. Uh, it was very well worked out, and the fact that both boards voted unanimously last night to adopt the agreement and we have signed copies uh, that were signed last night and we have them now so that going forward the excess cost reimbursement in this case here we're talking about 1.4 million dollars uh, being returned to the Board of Ed to help offset its costs for the uh, high-cost special education students and that will help uh, stabilize the Board of Education's budget going forward. Um, so Excuse me. So what's uh, what what's the status of the uh, school district's budget for next year? What like what's the b total bottom line request, I guess, at this point? Um, going forward, um, in anticipation of this reimbursement being returned to us, the Board of Education's budget, uh, uh, even adjusting for the loss of a very substantial grant called the Alliance Grant. You're going to hear more discussions on that in a couple months throughout the state. Uh, these are special grants uh, that the state has provided to certain cities and towns. Uh, that grant is expiring June 30th. So the Board of Ed has had a look at that and said, we have essential positions in that grant, including all-day kindergarten. And so the board has had to build that into its operating budget, anticipating the loss of the Alliance Grant, as well as a few other positions. So with all the pluses and minuses, um, building fund, uh, positions back in for the loss of the Alliance Grant to continue to maintain all-day kindergarten, um, and then adjusting now for the... Um, for the excess cost being re returned back to the Board of Education, uh, the board's basic budget is 2.68%. Uh, um, as part of the agreement last... That's an increase over the... Over the current years. Over the current... Gotcha. Yeah, yes. Okay. The proposed fiscal year 17-18, and the fiscal year starts July 1, uh, the fiscal year is a uniform fiscal year. Every city and town is on the same uniform fiscal year as is the state of Connecticut. It's only the feds that are off. Their fiscal year doesn't start till October 1. Uh, but I guess that makes sense somehow. <laughs> it's, it's somewhere along the line, it does make sense, except when you're dealing with federal revenues, you have to watch out your adjustment. You've got a three- to four-month time lag between budgets. But in effect, the Board of Education's proposed budget effective July 1, 2017, which runs to June 30th, uh, 2018, calls for a 2.68% increase. Um, 
However, as part of the uh, deal that was reached last night between the uh, Board of Education and the Board of Aldermen, uh, the, the um, city is transferring $600,000 worth of expenditures that are currently in the city's budget back to the uh, Board of Education. So that will increase that 2.68%, bringing it up to around 4%, having to build those into next year. And the reason why that transfer took place is that the city has been paying these expenses, and this is a normal procedure. The city has been paying these expenses uh, in their budget uh, for Board of Education expenses, such as uh, liability insurance or pension costs. And when the uh, Board of Education does its financial report to the state at the uh, end of the year, uh, the city notes that these are, quote, in-kind services or in-kind costs. It's not hard dollars on the Board of Bedside, but it's in-kind costs that the city gets credit for uh, because it's spending this money already. And so, but it's been in the city's budget. In brief, the city transfer is going to transfer those expenses to the Board of Ed. They'll now show up in our budget, which will have to increase our, our budget uh, by the $600,000. And um, uh, and that's how we're going to uh, adjust our budget going forward. Now, with that change, that will bring us to a little bit over 4% on the proposed budget. If I may. Ethan, mm -hmm. uh, what bears noting uh, here is that Frank was recognized last evening at the Board of Aldermen, uh, along with Richie Bashara. Mm -hmm. uh, countless hours went into this resolution. And Mr. Bashara is like the city's uh, finance Comptroller. guy. Comptroller. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. So title. thank you for clarifying. That's bean counters for the ignorant. <laughs> no, like my me. mom's an accountant. That's like a, <laughs> that's a pejorative. You can't say that. <laughs> I, have to edit that out. I apologize. It was met with love. Dare you? <laughs> Sorry. So so Frank Frank and Rich worked work tirelessly in to get this done. And I think what bears uh, repeating is that 2.68%. You know, the Board of Education has always been um, accused of always coming in with the highest budget. Why are you over 5%? This I, is when, when you said, when Mr. Connolly said 2.6%, I said, all right, let's, that, let's hit stop and call it a day. Because that's much lower than, uh, than anything that's come in in previous Before. years, at least since we've been around. And, and so I, sorry, no, and I, I totally appreciate that, Eugene. And I, and I kind of read your face there a bit. And, you know, if you, if you take that 1.4 million, 1.34 back out of the equation, and we had to factor that into our budget, that's what, in essence, every year has Drives jacked us up. Up. So, was you know, it, money? It, and I don't no, mean please, go ahead. and maybe this is going down a rabbit hole and maybe everyone who's following the issue knows this. But if the city was getting that money in the in the past and it was meant for uh, special ed uh, services or costs, that money was so you guys were paying that money out and never getting the reimbursement back from the city. So where was that money going? Um, it was the, the practice had been the city was treating it as uh, city revenue and it was it, it counted as revenue and helped with the uh, tax burden. Uh, so what happens is it now goes to the Board of Education. Uh, the net impact on the taxpayer um, is, is zero yeah. because instead of it being as a revenue item on the city side, it's a reduction in expenditures on the Board of Education side. So that it will reduce our budget that we have 
uh, for special education because if our say our special education expenditures are five million dollars and we get one million dollars back in, in this excess cost reimbursement the board of ed can reduce its budget by by one million and bring it down to four million so it's just a question of the accounting of, of how it's looked at but the practice has been for the city treated as uh, as a city revenue uh, and that's what the dialogue has been taking place over the last uh, several months uh, and so now um, there was a good agreement reached between both parties to how to treat this as revenues as well as how to treat some of the city expenses for Board of Education costs that are also being transferred back to the um, uh, to the Board of Education's budget. Those in-kind services that you Those, were talking yes, about. Yes, gotcha. exactly. Okay. Yep. And I so, interrupted you, Mr. No, Wilson. that's fine. I apologize. I, that's not a problem. But I think, you know, and that that's what I, we wanted to really, you know, the 2.68% puts us in line. And I want to thank the Valley Indy. You guys were there uh, at our meeting with Attorney Michelle Laubin and Frank Connolly uh, at the implications of special education and its implication of the legal responsibilities of the district as well as the town, as well as impact on funding. And at that meeting, uh, if you recall, one of the aldermen asked the question uh, regarding to percent increases. And the percent increase that we're asking for is directly, as you can see here today, directly in line with every other entity in the city who comes forth to the Board of Aldermen to ask for their budget each and every year. And as you know, us being one of the largest entities in the city with just pure uh, employee base and benefits and things of that nature, our increase is naturally going to go up. So to ask for the 2.68%, and obviously, as Mr. Connolly mentioned, we're, we're adding that 600000 which bumps it up. Mm -hmm. Remember that 600000 is indeed an add-on. It is not something that was budgeted originally, but this resolution is Frank had mentioned once again it was hard work between the city and between Frank and between Board of Education and between Board of Aldermen and a lot of hard work that went into that and to really come up with a solution but the solution that was um, born out of this if you will is to lower that number to that 2.68 which in anyone's estimation is more than fair and more than reasonable to ask for uh, as an increase in budget on a yearly basis and uh with that increase, is that just to to maintain services? Is any are there any new hires or positions or programs, or is it just basically let's hold on to what we've got? We were reinstating the um, assistant principal at Ansonia High School, and that was also to keep the um, individual who does the discipline at the middle school. Because if you remember prior, we had to get rid of two assistant principals we, for this current year, which was the um, assistant principal at the high school. So they're operating without an assistant principal. And the assistant principal at the middle school, they are also operating without an assistant principal. So um, in order for the safety of all of our children, we do need at least two individuals to man each building and explain to me the, the safety aspect how does well, an assistant like what's it been like not having the assistant principal at those two schools well we have ppts um um parent placement team meetings okay. that go on before a child a special needs child is placed into um special education so an administrator has to be at those meetings, and sometimes those meetings are scheduled for an entire day. In between... And that's mandated by law. Uh, right, that is mandated there. by law. In between, God forbid, a, a child gets hurt in, in school or, you know, um, 
Sometimes children have to go off to the hospital, and our administrators do go with the child until their parent uh, meets them at the hospital. There, uh, there's meetings that happen elsewhere. There's professional development for administrators that they have to attend sometimes. There has to be a certified administrator in each building. And I know it's difficult for the public to understand because with administrators come uh, like a negative yeah, uh, attachment people, they get, that's because where all the of the stigma, because of the sa salaries. Right. But um, you cannot man buildings of this size with one administrator. And if you look at your neighboring districts, some of the schools are much smaller than the schools we have, we're operating on. Like Derby. And and they have two administrators. So, um, and it's not just because our neighbor, we're trying it this year. And believe me, if an administrator of a building is out, one of us do step in or, or we have to call a sub that's certified to oh, do wow. that, nice. right? Because you need somebody to sign off to legally to those PPTs. I cannot have a teacher sign off. And, and I want to just say, Dr. Marlone really is selling herself short there as a superintendent, not only filling in uh, for administrators, but she has been paramount at the middle school because we haven't had that with the loss of administrators. She's there each and every day, helping and assisting in the morning, getting the building up and running. I would start my day at the high school lately, helping also out at the middle school. Um, so and the then, central office administrators have been doubling as assistant principals to, to sort of fill that role? Well, to, to assist in, in, the the morning, in the morning to assist with, you know, when the students come in, there's there's a lot going on in the morning. Parents may be in the office. There's the buses arriving. There's a, a myriad of things and a multitude of things going on at one building. So to, to say that, you know, rolling the sleeves up and pitching in, and I just wanted to, to note that Dr. Malone mentioned that she's uh, in there at times, but it's more times than not. She starts her day each and every day over there to make sure that that building is up and running and off to a smooth start or as smooth as can be before coming over to central office and tackling the duties uh, that we have each and every day of dealing with the state, dealing with each and every building, whatever other issues may come up throughout the day. So uh, I just wanted to bear that to note because I think sometimes that gets minimized that the work that's everyone is chipping in, everyone is working hard. Our teachers are working hard. Our administrators are working hard. Central office administrators, obviously, we're pitching in when we can. Mr. Connolly uh, has offered his services uh, doing workshops for our teachers and administrators, even on other topics other than the current budget. So we're all pitching in and, and rolling our sleeves up. But I think that just, I don't want that to get lost. You know, she's working tirelessly. And I think that's bear to note. As are you, Mr. Wilson. Mm -hmm. He's in here with with, with crutches <laughs> and a cast on. The so man hobbled in that's here. That's it. He did. <laughs> we I made told him take the stairs. <laughs> can't have more than a week off. That's it. Do <laughs> the surgery not. and come back in. <laughs> um, and like a, a big thing that drives every budget, uh, every board, you know, every uh, budget where it's like there's a, a you know a lot of employees involved is obviously salaries. Uh, is there um, an increase built into like the teachers and or administrators contracts this year and how much is that? Contractually, every um, bargaining organization obviously has their contract, which is set for, you know, three years is a typical contract for both teachers and administrators. And uh, offhand, Mr. Connolly, do you, want, do you remember the percentage increase? It's, it's between 2 and 3%. Thank <clears throat> you. Between 2 and 3%. And that's a negotiated contract with the Board of Education, uh, the union members, the union president. They have their representatives from there. Is that per there. year for three years? That's who? 
two to three percent, or uh, it, yeah, it's it's, a, it, it's an annual it's cost, um, and it and it and it varies uh, because with teachers there's step increases. Mm-hmm. So when the budget's prepared, you have to look: is the teacher going to go up uh, from one step to another step? Uh, did the teacher receive an additional degree? There will be additional payment for uh, additional degree that they have. So um, we have to adjust for all of these items there, and we go through employee by employee each individual employee, and that's why it takes so long to prepare the budget uh, to determine what is their actual salary, are there any step increases they're entitled to, are there any degree changes they're entitled to, um, uh, any changes whatsoever. Did a teacher leave? Did we hire a new teacher at a different salary? So that's part of the uh, budgetary process. Um, but I would like to note that one of the most significant changes in the current year's budget, and I'm going to turn it back over to our superintendent, dealt with our health insurance change. Yeah, big, very big. Yeah. As, as you recall, um, I think, Ethan, in, in the spring, we were negotiating with the administrators, and we negotiated early. We called them to the table, and we worked out, a good deal in which they were they took on the lead with this HSA and all of our um, employees all of our teacher employees were the first to experience the HSA and uh, this and that's health savings account that's yes. just a, a different high deductible health plan, health plan right and um, it did it, the change has dramatically reduced our, our insurance costs and then negotiations followed with the um, administrators as well and the secretaries and nurses you union as well as central office um and we are soon to negotiate with the peer professionals on this as as well so that did save us quite a bit of money and um frank has the amount that uh, approximate that we are saving this year on um insurance in the uh, budget that was turned over to the city um and we did uh, adopt uh, we do have new budget format this year which is uh, relatively easy to read it which basically shows what we actually spent last year and how does it compare to the current year and what are we proposing next year so that in, in five minutes one can digest the entire Board of Education budget and say where are the, are the changes and why are those changes there. And specifically when we look at the um, employee health benefit line item going down almost 15% and the bulk of that is the health insurance account that the changeover that was negotiated for the high deductible health plan uh, has resulted in very, very substantial uh, savings uh, to the Board of Ed. And that was a big help in going forward then in helping to control some of the other costs that the um, uh, Board of Ed has. Um, so. And for this, upcom- this coming year, the 2017-18 school year, Frank and I have been attending workshops um, with ACES, the Area Cooperative Educational Services, to um, explore um, self-funding. So yeah, there another are potential e- cost savings. Another potential cost savings. So yeah. this budget is sounding pretty rosy. I wasn't... Uh, Expecting this, what about uh, the uncertainty at the state level uh, with Go- Governor M- Malloy's proposal uh, came out, I guess, a week ago? It seems like a decade ago. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, and part of that proposal was to uh, shift more state funding to districts like Ansonia um, at the 
I mean, at the expense of, I guess, quote unquote, richer towns. Um, and like there's been a lot of discussion about that since, uh, you know, debating the merits of it. Are you guys confident? That Says you'll the guy from Brookfield. I was I'm never research. confident until it happens. Mm -hmm. I'm hopeful, but I'm not confident. And yeah, so what, what, are, what are the uncertainties in, in this budget? What are you worried about uh, going forward? Well, if we don't, if there isn't another grant in the form of an alliance grant, I will be minus several positions. Um, we, um, because the alliance grant funds the uh, foreign language teacher, it funds our literature and um, math programs at Ansonia Middle School. It also funds our math coordinator, K-12, and um, our life skills at the elementary, and our part-time social worker at the middle school. Um, and it also funds the individual in charge of student discipline at the middle school. So we, ha we will have a big gap. And is that going to go away just because, like, has, has the is it just like a funding thing at the state or is it like has Ansonia improved so now they're like oh you don't need it no anymore. it's it's not like the last time okay. um Ethan where we improved in scores and they took away the priority school district money no if this goes away I don't know what we're going to do without those positions because we did not add those into the budget but you you I I, I thought uh, Mr. Connolly had said earlier you're able to absorb some of the yeah, grant the alliance grant leaving the assistant or? principal okay. at at the um yeah, we were able to absorb the all-day kindergarten. Yeah, and all-day kindergarten. all-day right. kindergarten. And that got built into your budget. Yeah, Correct. That, that, was a, that was something that we believe in, the town believed in, the Board of Aldermen years ago believed in it before the Alliance Grant. When we went forward to the Alliance Grant and asked if all-day K could be funded via Alliance, yeah. we were actually one of the first districts to do it since then other we alliance were the only yeah. we were the only I and then we the other only alliance one. districts have soon uh done that thereafter however we believe in the full day k uh so we had to absorb it in our budget so that number that mr Connolly talked about and that some absorption is only some of the items under okay. the alliance grant the alliance grant funds much more than that but we also had to be realistic in coming up with a budget to say we can't absorb all of the alliance items as much as we would like to and we support and we believe in all of those initiatives hence why we asked for them and we were awarded them we also understand that budgets are tight all around and we had to really um, do what we can and sharpen our pencil and that was the best sharpening that we could do to get at that number to save all day k and some other items if Is you recall we once took away all day k we had all mm -hmm. day k and then we took away all day k for about two to three years, and then we did reinstate it with the alliance. So we were very fortunate, and it is a priority with with the focus on early literacy. Is there anything like the people can do? I mean, the thing about these alliance grants, I mean, I'm familiar with them in Derby too, which also gets has done amazing things mm -hmm. with its alliance uh, uh, grant money. Yeah, Derby it, it, has priority school district money as well. Um, see, that I'm not aware of. Yes, so they do. This, <laughs> what can people do? Is there anything people can do to, to try to keep this money coming to Ansonia? Because it seems sort of cruel that you get this money because you're that, quote, the low-performing mm -hmm. school district or whatever the exact phrase is. And then you do good things, and then the money goes away. And if you, there's no way it can come from the local resources because we just can't afford it. So is there anything people can do to try to keep that money well, coming we, well, we've or is been, it just as that ship sailed well you know what we've been told by our representative at the state who we deal with 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 alliance you know he also encourages us just as he tells us to encourage our local people to contact their state representatives uh, and their voice is the one that has to be heard on this issue unfortunately to your point 
at the end there, is it gone? I mean, for all intents and purposes, what we've been instructed is that it is gone. Uh, they will not know until the budget gets ironed out at their level. So what people can do to answer your question, uh, and I wasn't skirting it, uh, is really contact your local representatives. I mean, we, we do believe in the money. We need the money. It is doing great things. Derby, as you mentioned, and Sonia, all of the 30 alliance districts are really making gains. We have meetings, quarterly meetings, where everyone shares the gains that they've made. So to, to think that the money was just handed out, that is not true. It is monitored quarterly. We have quarterly monitoring visits where we have to show each and every item that we applied for and show that it is being used and it, that there's success with it. If there wasn't, then the state wouldn't have granted the Alliance uh, award to any yeah, district. Which separates <laughs> it from like the old pork, you know, exactly. where it would just be money that would be handed out for, for votes, essentially. But this was true grant money where you had to come back and show uh, how you progress. But I guess we're getting a new XL center. So, so you can do, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's editorial. We, <laughs> did, uh, well, well, like, we <laughs> did speak to um, Representative Gentile, as well as Senator Logan on this. He came over and he met with us. Lynn, Mrs. Gentile has been with, uh, she's come over several times and helped us out with several things. So hopefully they're aware our voices will be heard through them. And to, uh, both of them were at that uh, forum last month about the special education yeah. costs as well, as were, uh, I think, a majority of the Board of Aldermen, if, you know, if, uh, if not most of them, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but like on that topic, I guess, uh, Mr. Connolly had, I think oh, he was I'm trying sorry. to add something. Oh, I, I just want to jump back for a moment to your original question on the governor's budget and the implications of, of what it means. Um, uh, governor Malloy has, um, come out with a very dramatic change in the funding formula and recognizing that the uh, special education costs are really hurting the local municipalities throughout the state. Uh, as well as the discrepancy between the tale of two cities, our rich communities and our poor mm-hmm. communities. So his um, proposed budget addresses both of these items very, very dramatically and uh, has come out with uh, a budget that in Ansonia's case would result uh, in over $4 million additionally coming to Ansonia. Um, we don't think that's how it's going to wind up in the end. The, um, the the politics and the way Connecticut is set up, there there's going to be certainly a clash uh, between your suburban and rural communities and representatives versus your central cities and your poorer communities uh, because the more affluent communities will be losing substantial amount of money and that money being, in effect, transferred over to the poorer communities. That being said... Um, We do think that by the time the uh, General Assembly adopts its budget in June, um, we are hoping and we're somewhat optimistic that there will be additional funding coming back to Ansonia. At this point, we're not sure in what form, uh, whether it'll be the ECS, the Educational Cost Sharing, which is the basic educational grant to cities and towns, or whether it'll be more in the excess cost reimbursement, which is for special ed. But in any case, we do uh, hope and we do think that there will be some additional funding coming back to the um, uh, to the city. And the agreement that was signed last night after the formal vote of the Board of Education and the Board of Aldermen, uh, the uh, agreement is very, very specific. And in anticipation of that, you brought it with you. Yes. Yes. Um, if I might read. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, go right ahead. Um, uh, be it resolved for fiscal year seventeen eighteen, 
um, assuming that the excess cost special education grant does not remain the same as currently, then one, the Board of Ed, the Board of Aldermen, and the city agree to meet as soon as possible after the General Assembly adopts its budget to evaluate the state's budget and its impact on the city of Ansonia and the Board of Education, and that the Board of Education, the Board of Aldermen, and the city will make changes and adjustments as necessary based on the changes in the grants and revenues received from the state of Connecticut, and that the Board of Education, Board of Aldermen, and the city will come together in a joint effort to allocate revenues and expenses as approved by the state of Connecticut and the city to do what is in the best interests of the students and the taxpayers of the city and of Ansonia. So that that's interesting. Just as a, as an observer of this process yeah, yeah, since two thousand nine, uh, that's e- the first question that Ethan asked at the beginning of yeah, this exactly. podcast was uh, last year there was upheaval. Years before that, there's always been sort of uh, this. There's been sides, I mm. guess. In a in, we're talking about school children, and there really shouldn't be sides, mm. but in small towns and, and anywhere you go, there always is sides. But that document is the all these sides coming together to basically say, and I'll say it in not as eloquently as, as you did or whoever wrote that, that if someone if the state hits us with a two by four, we're gonna see it coming and we're gonna prepare to deal with it if that happens. So that's encouraging and the, so the, the school district and the and the city are really working hand in hand this year. It definitely is and I attribute that to the hard work of Frank too, because he's done a wonderful job working with Richie in order to put this agreement forward. And I think all parties are on board and I hope that we continue on board and we continue to follow the words in, the, in that document. And I mean like- It'd be very disheartening if, if it falls apart. And that, that lays out like, if there's landmines, we're gonna see them together essentially. <laughs> Correct, we're gonna work together as partners like we should for our children. It's uh, for all of our children. And if like, I, like you guys don't think the the state will just give you know four four million dollars and change more. I mean, if if they did, would that make everything great? Would that fix everything basically? If or? four million dollars came directly to the Ansonia <laughs> Public Schools, Ethan, oh boy, you'll you'll hear a, we'll have a parade. But you're you're obviously hoping for something. But like you know, I don't know if you could ballpark. You know, you know what would what would hold the school district harmless? Have you have you calculated that out yet or could you even say at this point no there there, there are just too many variables so we're going to just monitor the uh, process uh, carefully and uh, see what comes out and 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 the city recognizes too so we said look let's all let's all sit down when all the dust settles and let's talk about and how we're going to handle uh, these changes that are coming down the pike and I think we forgot to ask, maybe we did at the very beginning. You had said 2.6% roughly increase. What's the, the total, the Ensonia School District's total budget? How many millions of dollars are we um, uh, talking about? R- roughly, uh, again, not an easy answer, but if we exclude the excess cost reimbursement, which we're doing now, because that reduces our expenditures mm-hmm. by $1.3 million, uh, we're at... Um, $32 million plus the $600,000 we are taking back from the city. So we're roughly at uh, $32,600,000. Okay, $32.6 million budget we're talking about. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Ethan, if I received that $4 million, I would re reinstate the 18 positions we lost over the last three years. We lost 11 positions last year alone. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that money would would serve us well. And I think that rep was that like four or five layoffs? Like that, I, like there was the positions like cut, but like it only resulted in like a handful of layoffs, I think is that? Well, it, when we looked at positions last year, and if you recall, last year was the biggest chunk um, out of that. It was over 11 positions. So where we don't ever equate people with positions because, you know, people leave the district, other people buy for other jobs, yeah. retirements. So you're correct in saying that actual people displaced, you know, was roughly around that, that those six people, but 11 positions were, were cut. cut. So we had to, you know, we absorbed the loss of 11 positions. And if everyone would have stayed and not retired and or moved on to other districts or wherever they chose to go, we would have had 11 people displaced. So we, it's hard to always equate the displacement of actual people with positions. So we always use positions and it's not a, a smoke and mirrors act. It's, it's just how we have to do it. So if and we there's always a the hope position, that, um, you know, with those retirements and attrition and everything, yeah. you could bring somebody back if they got displaced that's or something. Correct. You know, that's always sort of up in the air too. That well, what correct. happened as a result of that, a lot of our real great teachers, we have all great teachers, but a lot of them left. Now, why is that? Because I just figured because, it was, because I've been in this long enough. And I've been in this, it's every year like this. You know, when is it my turn? you know, to get the, the pink slip. So they went outside of our district. We lost, um, we had six reading interventionists. That was a big to-do. Who, who just left to get um, jobs elsewhere. Out of the six, we had four, four, four. who left. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, we have good people leaving our district. Our district is a training district. We provide the professional development. The teachers are great. And I, we get called back from other superintendents saying, thank you, you sent me a great teacher, or you, and it, or really, it, it's disheartening, or you sent me a great administrator. Now, I just received a telephone call this morning from a neighboring town, and it's not Derby this time. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I, and, um, I called out you Derby, know, I apologize. About one of our teachers who was aspiring to be an, an administrator, and we're, we're going to be lost without this person. I would love to have this person as an administrator as well, but the person's going to get scooped up before we have an opportunity. Has that, all, has been, has that been the case in Ansonia uh, in your whole time in the district, or is that a newer no, phenomenon? No, not the whole time. I would say with a, within the last six years. Okay. Yeah, within the last six years, things have been getting tougher and tougher. They have. And that's because of uh, the job's harder when there's less people and the, the pay is less? I've heard that Ansonia, the, the school district as a whole, pays a little less than some of the... I really don't even think... I know the pay... Pe people say the pay is less, but we don't... We are not losing all of our people for the pay. We do not have enough monies available to send our teachers to... for. PD that they're looking for. That's we don't, yeah, we okay. don't have the opportunities for our teachers to once they go for their O92 to fill a position What's less. O92? Their O92 is their administrator certificate. Gotcha. Okay. So we don't have enough positions that are between a teacher and an ass, and an assistant principal. Well, now we don't have two assistant principals, but we're, we're trying to reinstate those. So it's hard to climb yeah, the ladder. It's hard to climb the ladder. We don't have teacher leaders. 
or teacher coaches because I put in coaches one year. We had to take them out three years later or four years later because we needed $360,000 that year. We were cut. So um, that's that's what happens to us. Building on Carol's uh, historical knowledge here, the institutional knowledge that's gotten tough for the last six years, um, that almost coincides with the uh, rise in the special education costs, which have started to dramatically, very dramatically increase over the last several years. And so that has adversely impacted the uh, Board of Education's budget because more and more has been spent on special education and it's been squeezing the uh, regular education budget. So that's another factor in the importance of this agreement that was signed last night by the city and the board to provide a little bit more uh, equitable distribution uh, so those revenues can help the Board of Education ups uh, offset these, uh, these ed special education costs. And last year was our first year that we had to go to the city, but prior to that, we freeze our our budget every year beginning in September in order to make it through the year. So it's not like the monies are squandered, you know. So it's just not enough because of the expenses we have. Did you have a Yeah, I, I, like I had asked, you know, if that $4 million comes, yeah, everything's great. If there's no change, will there be, will you have to, cut positions or eliminate programs uh what would happen what do you if, mean no change if, if there was if the if instead of the additional four million from the state came if there was no change in that state grant uh would would you have to cut positions or would you be able to get well, by with our current budget proposal now as we mentioned even at that 2.68 percent we're losing people we're yeah. losing positions because those were funded from alliance nice. you know so obviously anything extra and being able to save those positions would be great. But to answer your question, if everything were to remain status quo and hopefully getting the 2.68% and obviously plus the 600,000, which ups the percentage a little more, we would be able to save what we can from the Alliance, but we would still lose those other positions as Dr. Marlone okay. mentioned. So we're still losing positions this year, um, not as many as we did last year, which is a good thing. But I really wanna echo the sentiments, you know, the increase in special education and the effect on the budget when when your special education costs account for a third of your budget you know one-third of that 32 million dollars okay that really has an effect on anyone's budget how does that so, compare to other districts are you, yeah. are you unusually high in ansonia or is that we, pretty much everywhere we are higher than most at the one-third however other districts are experiencing the same thing dr merlone and i uh, attend a breakfast uh, with our legislators and surrounding districts seymour derby uh, milford was there this year oxford was there uh, and we're, they really hear the needs and they hear about the rising costs and they hear about the increasing number of, of special education students. And, and we know we have to educate each and every child and that's, that's our responsibility and that's our jobs and that's what we look to do. But when that impact becomes adverse at some points of taking up a third of the budget, it really has dramatic impl implications. And when you can budget the best you can, something is going to suffer. You know, if we cut anyone's budget, insert name here, one-third, taking it out and say you have the, your full job to do only on two-thirds of your budget, it's, it's really hard to do. And, and I give Frank uh, a lot of credit, and Frank works very closely with Dr. Merlone and myself, and there's not a week that goes by where we don't talk about things and the 
effects of what's going on. He presents monthly at our Board of Education meetings, and he shares the story of where we are and where we're going to be if things don't change. So once again, this resolution helps that tremendously, tremendous. You know, I can't say that enough. You know, however, the real piece, and to go back to your question, Ethan, and I'm sorry I went off on a tangent, but the real piece to that is if we don't get anything and the state, if they don't pass what the governor is saying, and that's very possible, as we all know, anything could happen, then if we are fortunate enough to get that 2.68 plus the additional, which brings it up to the 4.9, I believe, then that would be okay, but we would still lose positions. So we would be in a better place than we have been. We're not losing 11, as we talked about here last year, but we're still losing positions. And that's something no one likes to do. Dr. Marlone and I fight for each and every position, each and every year. However, that's also the reality of our budgeting this year. And that is with um, putting a lot of cost-saving measures in. We also, I mean, our health insurance, we switched already to HSA. Our, our schools, all of our schools uh, changed over to LED lighting. Um, we converted all of our buildings from oil to na natural gas. And now we're exploring self-funding through um, ACES. I, we put together, we put a lot of cost-saving measures into this budget in order to, and we will still, like um, Mr. Wilson said, we will still probably have to lose a few positions. Yeah, so I, earlier I said Rosie. That was uh, inaccurate because Rosie, I mean, it's it's telling well, that compared Rosie. Compared to, I guess, yeah, yeah. compared to. Oh. Rosie uh, it nowadays means uh, still eliminating uh, positions that yeah, you're I losing guess, because of an alliance yeah. district grant. In the modern economy, I guess Rosie means keeping your job. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's true. If you're a nonprofit journalism, especially this, so. this we're a miracle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, I, wait, wait, I just I just want to yeah, ask yeah. one thing because uh, in terms of uh, I saw something in a newsletter that y you had put out about talking with uh, Derby, bringing up Derby again oh. about uh, pre-K and some that's, things that's there. That's in the works right now. Yeah. What's going on there? Um, what's the, uh, what's I, the story? Matter of fact, last night I just put the proposal um, with edits before our Board of Education and they voted on it. And now um, Dr. Conway will take it before his Board of Education and see if they um, okay it. And what would it and do? It, I, uh, we would have his director of pre-K oversee our five sites as well okay yeah that person would become a liaison yeah, right you know we we talk about you know shared services and and as best we can to try to do shared services to make it a cost savings for both ansonia and derby uh dr merlone dr conway have been very open in meeting i've been at those meetings uh, our boards have talked you know this is one item food services is another that we've done where we've tried in the past, and we mentioned this last year when we did our podcast, it didn't work out oh, with the technology. technology. And, right, you know, right. I think that's a myriad of reasons behind that. I think technology, as we all know, is ever-changing each and every day, and you need someone on-site 24-7. So, you know, that could we'll attribute it to that. Uh, but I think the food services uh, is one step and has been one step in the right direction. I think this pre-K uh, partnership is another step in the right direction. And more importantly, the con constant conversation, you know, Dr. Conway, Dr. Marlone, it is is not, you know, we're in isolation anymore. We're so close. We're separated by one road. We all know the logistics around here. So to have that open line of communication and to do as best we can 
where we can. Those are the conversations. You know, we've had other conversations with Dr. Conway. Dr. Malone has spearheaded conversations about what else can we do for uh, maybe offering some college courses to both students in Ansonia and Derby, and how would we go about doing that? And we could we do it through a distance learning program and things of that nature. So those those things are on the hotbed. Those things are in the hopper. Those things are being constantly talked about. You know, any agreement isn't reached overnight. You know, there's wording, as Dr. Malone said, had to be wordsmithed, then get approved again by our board, and then get approved by their board, and, you know, and so on and so forth. The educational piece and those concerns are a little more streamlined because that's Dr. Conway and Dr. Malone ultimately have the say. Uh, but those are constant conversations. And if we can do that and have a cost savings to both towns, we're all for it. That's what this is all about. We're not looking to go out and just keep asking, asking, asking. It's a give and take. You know, Dr. Malone mentioned the cost-saving measures already. Those are measures that didn't just happen because we said we're going to make the switch to LED or we're going to make the switch to natural gas. There's some time and energy and effort that goes into those processes. So the fact that we're having those conversations with our neighbor next door, and we also invited other towns in. We, uh, I believe at the college uh, meeting, we invited Seymour, and Oxford Oxford was actually at the table. So there are other towns going to take advantage of it, and the more towns, the more people, the less, and uh, the cost savings comes right back to the district. So, you know, way? those happening. I'm sorry. No, please, go ahead. I was just thinking about the special education funding, which was the topic of a forum, I guess, last month. Uh, and we posted the audio, and it got a few hundred uh, listens, yeah, which yeah. amazed me. It's an yeah. hour audio only, and people listen to it a lot. Uh, what's the ultimate answer there? I mean, yeah. does the federal government just have to finally do its part and pay the money that they were supposed to pay back in the 70s? Or is there some type of regional approach, approach to this that can bring down the costs? Uh is there any, like, what, what's the long to, because it seems like that number just keeps going up and up and up, and we hear it. I mean, I've been a reporter for, like, 20 years now, and, mm. and it's, you just always hear that said. Uh, what's, the, what's the answer? Well, I think, I mean, that's the million-dollar question, no pun intended. I think, you know, the special education costs and the fact that it's been underfunded by so many different entities, the federals and then at the state level, and then you're asking the cities to absorb it. And then, as Frank mentioned earlier on, the formula was so skewed and you have to reach the threshold amounts of the 60000 before you get a percentage back and it's only a percentage. The long and short answer, yeah, fund it the way you said the was supposed to be funded by the federal government. That's the real answer. If it were funded the way it was originally drafted and it was funded at that 100%, it wouldn't have put the onus back on the state to say, well, now they have to come up with and give it 100%. So the formula has been changed and then changed yet again and then try to be absorbed. So to answer your question, Eugene, I think the, the real onus goes back to the federal government in that when, when it was drafted, when it was written, and when it was not funded – then they said, well, states have to figure out and do it. Good luck. And, you know, they did the best that they can. But that percentage, you know, when you're talking a small percent to get back and then to have the cities absorb that percentage, and you heard our numbers, one, between 1.3 and $1.4 million, that's a lot of money, you know. So, you know, we're not talking, you know, change here. We're, we're talking significant amount and significant dollars. So to answer your question, you know, that started at that federal level and they just have not funded it correctly. And I haven't seen any literature or research on it that someone's putting the pressure on them to do that. Yeah, and there's no, I guess there's no school districts out there that somehow figured out a way to come up with alternative revenues to somehow come up with this. So there's nothing. 
non-alternative revenues, um, as Mike said, uh, local government's at the bottom of the pile. The federal government passes regulations that flow down. The state regulations pass regulations that flow down. Local government's at the bottom. Mm -hmm. We can't pass regulations that impact the state or impact the feds. So everything flows downhill, and we're at the bottom of the pile implementing it with all the mandates. And, and what's aggravating is you get the mandates both the federal and state mandates say you have to do this, you have to do this. Oh, by the way, we're not going to fully fund you, but we're going to hold you responsible to implement those mandates, and we're going to come after you if you don't implement what the law says. Uh, it, it's really very, very unfair. Um, but from aside from the revenue stream, though, some municipalities, some boards of ed are looking at alternatives. Um, one of the things in this year's budget is for Ansonia to bring back in-district uh, some of the high-cost students and to actually teach them in district instead of sending them out of district. And that's tied in with the uh, new portables that the Board of Ed and the city have been discussing for years. And we're getting ready now to go out to bid to build these portables for September so we can bring some of these high-cost students back into district and save uh, money. And those would be at Mead School? Is that? Yes, okay. it, correct. And I think it it's anticipated at to save about 400000 at first. That's how many students we would probably And that's being funded back. by a state bond money or state grant of some kind that's helping to yeah. construct it, right? Yeah, it's if part I, of If I remember my press releases from the yeah. state. Yeah. Yes, yeah, there, there were both uh, state construction grants as well as another state grant to uh, help. Um, and that's, that's spelled out in our budget. I don't know if you received a copy of our budget document, but we clearly spell it out that the Board of Ed is going to incur $270,000 for new staffing for these portables. But to offset that, because we're going to reduce the high-cost students, we're going to bring them back in district, we're going to save $500,000. So there's a net savings of, of bringing more of these students uh, back in district. And, and other districts are uh, doing the same thing. I was working for another district last year when uh, they used a regional agency, one of the RESCs, to um, set up a uh, shop in, in a vacant school that they had, and then they brought all the, a lot of the students right back into the local district. So boards of ed are looking at all these different alternatives as to how uh, to get a handle on these costs because uh, the boards of ed have the mandates imposed by them to provide the services, and it's up to the local boards of ed how, how they're going to try and meet those mandates. Okay, we have about, there's about six minutes, and we're going to hit the one-hour mark. And actually, I should say at this point, uh, the radio listeners that will be listening on 103.5 FM WNHH in New Haven, we bid you good morning. And if you want to listen to the rest of this, go to valleyindy.org. So go ahead, you have now five minutes after I've blabbed for 30 seconds. Uh, just, I guess, basically... Um you know, it, as I said at the beginning, it's it's sort of early in the process. Uh, you guys are, you, by the time this is published, you will have presented this, uh, you know, your budget to the Board of Apportionment and Taxation. Uh, the aldermen have until the end of next month to finalize a budget. Uh, where, like, where do where do you guys go from here? How do you, how are you feeling going forward? Oh yeah, that's a good question. How do we keep an eye on this? If I'm a member of the public. Exactly. Well, we have to plan for the worst case scenario, and it's unfortunate that in March comes the pink slips for the for teachers um, in, in year one. And um, that's, 
I dread that day every year. So we put the um, the name we put the names forth of the teacher of the positions year one positions before the board of education during the month of March. And that's become like an annual it's sort an of annual. exercise. Right. Saying it's an like annual putting exercise. Putting the teachers on notice, saying all districts your jobs do might it. Not exist yeah. next year. It's all districts, unless I I can't speak for the wealthy districts. Me neither. <laughs> yeah, no, Correct. Anybody but can. to answer Ethan's question, tonight we present to the Board of Apportionment and Taxation. Uh, tonight being, t- as we tonight. record. I apologize. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wednesday evening. I'm Probably sorry. I do that too. Six o'clock. So we present to the Board of Apportionment this evening the budget you heard us discuss tonight. Uh, this, sorry, this morning. <laughs> and then we move forward and present to the Board of Aldermen. Now, as far Wait, as when optimism, do you appro- uh, when do you go to the board of aldermen? We haven't had, we haven't gotten our date yet. But okay, but we will let you know. They will receive th- you. You should receive it from the board of aldermen once they re- um, release their workshop dates. Mm. So tonight's our workshop date for the board of apportionment, then followed by the board of aldermen. But to answer your question, Ethan, I think you know optimistic is a good word. I think the conversations that have taken place already with um, the city. Uh, with the mayor, with the board of aldermen, with the comptroller, with us, with Mr. Connolly, that resolution we've addressed several times, you know, that's optimistic. And to have our percent, as we discussed once again, to be right in line with every other um, entity that comes forth to the board of apportionment and to the board of aldermen, to be in line with that percent, I think we are optimistic, you know, but once again, be, be reminded, and it's worth repeating, those pink slips that go out, like Dr. Malone mentioned, is not the highlight of anyone's day, uh, especially not hers, especially not mine, especially not the teachers who receive them, and especially not the Board of Education. The Board of Education members do not like approving that. Unfortunately, they have to. Um, however, um, that being said, even with that 2.68, once again, we will still be losing positions. However, it is not as dire as it has been in years past. So I think optimistic is a good word, and I think that moving forward and forging this resolution and that relationship and moving forward for all kids. Remember, that's our job to educate and to provide for each and every kid in the city of Ansonia. And that's what Dr. Marlone does each and every day. That's what I do each and every day. That's what our administrators and our teachers do each and every day. So if we keep that at the forefront, then I think optimistic is a good word and I'll go along with that. And I really hope that the powers that be really believe in that. And if any early indications, as you're suggesting, are um, that's what it is, then I'm optimistic as well. I think this proposal um, that was adopted last night by the Board of Aldermen and um, the Board of Education was movement in the right direction for for students of Ansonia. And um, once again, we we have uh, Mr. Connolly for a short time here, but he did an awful lot of work in a short time, and we appreciate everything he has done for the city of Ansonia. And all. I'm happy that he was able to establish such a great working relationship with Richard Bashara and to make this a reality for Ansonia kids. They deserve it. Is there anything you wanted to add, Mr. Conley? You're good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being so thorough and being easy to understand because uh, we're reporters. We don't know how to add. <laughs> want to? wrap it up Ethan yeah and that's uh, thanks uh, again so much for uh, coming in for an hour and talking to us uh, this is Ethan Fry and uh, Eugene Driscoll with Valley Navel Gazing goodbye